deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to the 14th installment of the Mile High Pundit Podcast. Uh, given that it's about 1 a.m. at this point, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my my co-host Jared Shuck here. Uh, Jared, how you doing? How was your day, man? Dude, so after the game on Saturday, my eye was hurting so bad I couldn't even see out of it. I literally drove home with one eye. That's what I, what I did. That's why we didn't do anything on Saturday night. And then yeah, straight up emergency status. Oh, dude, it was brutal. And then yesterday yeah. you were coming back from Springs. I'm like, let's just double recap this. And then tonight, apparently, I want to sell the freaking last car of the night. And we don't start doing. Thank you. We don't start doing yeah. the, the freaking paperwork until 9:45, which means I don't leave till like 11, which is fine. But holy hell, dude, this 45 minute drive home, I'm not gonna miss this when I move in October. Not in the freaking slightest. Yeah, at least you didn't get some of that traffic, though. Oh, God, it was beautiful. There was nobody on the road. Yeah, yeah, well, well, if you guys are just tuning in, uh, the, the Avs have fallen behind the Stars to a tune of two games to nothing. Um, just, just going in, just right off the top here, uh, Jared, what was kind of your overall take of, of just game one? How the hell are we giving up five goals in both games? I'm just going to start there. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I get it. Frankie comes in cold and gives up three. That's fine. Francois is done or not. Or, no, he comes. He comes and gives up two. Grubauer's done. He he tore a groin or something. He's done. But yeah, I mean, it's I mean, unfortunate. Just really unfortunate to see your 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 guy Grub go down like that. I mean, he he had that groin issue kind of all year too. Uh, but but just really, the the Avs that game one. I mean, Dallas, I think, was the hotter team just because they had come off that uh, that six-game series against Calgary, and they didn't have too much rest. We, we were kind of – I remember we were kind of talking back and forth, you know, is this going to play more so in the Avalanche favor with the rest or more so in the Stars' favor? I had said from the outset that but, I did not want to play Dallas. I, I said yeah. that, and this yeah. is why. Dallas is such a physical, chippy freaking team that – they're gonna they, they as we've seen in the through the first two games they've taken Colorado completely out of their style completely, and it's it's so frustrating to watch when you have guys who shouldn't be getting taken out of their rhythm, and they're completely out of their rhythm. It's just I I, I get it because Dallas is gonna be chippy. They're gonna go after guys. That's fine. Let let Dallas do their thing. But it's not like Dallas isn't getting called for penalties. I mean, Colorado is what? A combined... Oh, or what? What is that? Two for... You're two for eight tonight. Okay, so... Nine so itself is just atrocious. So we're two for nine. It's not like they're not getting called. I don't want to... I don't... I'm so tired of hearing this. Oh, it's the refs. The refs did this. Refs did that. So what? They missed the Spiro McKinnon. Get the hell over it. Seriously, we had eight opportunities on the power play. You scored twice, and one of those is a freaking five-on-three when Colorado has been deadly on five-on-threes all year. Give me a break. I'm, I'm not buying that crap. There's no way. Yeah, and, and I mean, just with that, I mean, the Avs played well in the first. They, I mean, they had outshot, had outshot the Stars 19-6. to six. McKinnon had seven shots compared to the to the Stars' six shots. And they had a power play goal. 
I mean, it was truly looking like, okay, if we keep this up for for two period for two more periods, we win this easily. And second period, Dallas started doing start started doing what they were doing. You know, it didn't matter that the Avs put forty shots on net, and it, and it didn't matter that the you know we, we drew all those penalties. The Stars as a total had eighteen penalty minutes tonight, and you only cut, you come away with two goals. I mean, I get that Mac and Ranton, you know, they 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 both showed out when they needed to, but at the same time, it's no excuse. You got to get guys back in their rhythm. And Dallas is doing such a great job of taking guys out of the rhythm. Through two games, Dallas has 108 hits. Like, that is just old-school hockey numbers of not letting your opponent get loose and get free. And keep in mind, Colorado still put up 71 shots through through two games, but they have all of, what, seven goals? No, not even seven goals. What is that? Five goals to show for it? This was the hottest scoring team coming into this round, and Dallas is making them look like freaking idiots. And and it's great. McKinnon and Ranson both get on the scoring sheet. Finally, Miko Ranson gets on the score sheet with a goal. Yeah. It, it, finally, both markers are power play goals. If you take out the power play goals from this entire game, Dallas wins three nothing. They did have an empty net, so I, I mean, either way, like, I, that's I still point. ridiculous because. Colorado should be the best five-on-five team. They are the deepest five-on-five team, even without Eric Johnson. They are still the deepest five-on-five team. And, I I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is just these line combos aren't working. You got to move Burakovsky up with McKinnon and Rantanen or move Miko down to the third line to try and free up some room for him. I don't know. This is just one of those... I knew this was going to be one of those series where I just looked at it and go, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say because Dallas is such a frustrating freaking team to play against. And they've proved it through these first two games. And now Colorado doesn't get last change. That's a bigger concern. Yeah. And just in a series like this, you got to talk about just, just how much a player like Matt Calvert might impact this series for us. Because missing him, you know, he's the guy that brings that sort of chippiness back. You know, he 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 might be the guy that you know he goes out there and he, he keeps our guys level. You know, missing him for two games now, he, he's been just day to day. But I'm just I'm really hoping he comes back for Game Three on Wednesday. And if he doesn't come back, someone else has got to step up. I don't care if it's Nikita Zadorov. I don't care if it's P.E. Belmar. I don't care if it's Tyson freaking Jost. Someone has got to step up and start taking, start, I don't care if someone comes out, Betsy starts his fourth line and says, hey, someone go fight. Try try and change the momentum of the series right away. Because right now, everything is in Dallas' favor. And it's not like Colorado's not getting good chances. Colorado had 14 high danger chances tonight. 14. They did have 14, but with with just what I was seeing, they were playing a lot of east to west hockey. Like one too many passes, especially on those six missed power plays. I mean, there were times where they were just... They were skirting with that dangerous zone, you know, just all the time. I mean, Miko held the puck in the dangerous zone for, I think, 46 seconds. And that's just a, a, a telling stat right there. It, it, it was tough just, I mean, and Dallas blocked a lot of shots too, because they're that type of team. And they're, they are a little bit more competent than Arizona, so... I mean, with us, I, I feel like we just have to get back to playing North and South hockey, just like what we did against the last two games against Arizona, where we netted seven goals because this East to West, you know, it's that classic possession style hockey, but it's clearly not working because Dallas is basically all they're doing is funneling guys to the middle to clog up those lanes. And it's, it's so frustrating to watch because it's like, if you were to just take this down the throat, go North to South instead of East to West, you limit your turnovers. You, you, you overall just have a better game. 
you're 100% correct in your analysis because everything that I have seen has been east-west hockey. And that's great, but it can't just be straight up east and west. It's got to be northeast, southeast. It's got to be northwest, southwest. You, you got to come in at angles. I, I mean, Rupe Hintz had probably one of the, the best scoring chances in the third for Dallas, and that was on a streaking forward and a spin pass because Gerard stepped from that side. Dallas yeah. is outplaying Colorado, plain and simple. And it's so unbelievably frustrating to see this and i mean i mean just for reference too colorado's not giving the puck away a whole hell of a lot either no i i mean they've got a total of 29 giveaways through two games that's pretty damn good over 120 minutes of play yeah it's 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 solid but they can they can be better you know for a lot of from what i saw tonight was sloppy back passing you know, primarily Don Scoy led to a very dangerous uh, danger. You know, Don Scoy had a missed back pass that led to a very dangerous stars chance that, that basically netted that five on three power play, which was so critical. I'm talking about those type of penalties. You have to, you cannot, you can't give the puck away in those types of situations. But I mean, fifty-seven percent uh, face-off percentage. We we did, you know, we had basically doubled their shots through the, tripled their shots through the first, like I was saying, and uh, the second, the stars just kind of they got to playing their game, and the Avs got sucked into it. I I don't know where to start with either of these games. I. For how careless Dallas was with their penalties and Colorado doing nothing to help themselves in that, I I start to look at Colorado's scratched guys and go, who the hell are we putting in to change this momentum? Because I see nobody on the scratch list outside of your typical guys who should be playing, Grubauer, Johnson, Calvert. I, I don't see anybody who can step in and make a physical presence. And and that concerns me right now. That, that really concerns me. And, I mean, we can, we can talk until the cows come home about, oh, well, you know what? Perry was slashing away freely at Frankie's glove. I don't care. None of this matters. Colorado's getting outplayed. I, I don't know. I, I'm... I'm I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without just going into a profanity riddled tirade, because that's what I want to do right now about this game. The more the the more I see all this, I, I mean I'm digging so far deep in the natural stat trick. I'm I'm literally finding a sixth dimension, <laughs> and and nothing I'm looking at can explain to me how Dallas is five goals better than Colorado through two games. I can't find a, a single freaking thing. And it's so frustrating because, yes, Eric Johnson's hurt. That's fine. Philip Grubauer got hurt. Fine. Frankie needs to play better, too. He, he's not exempt from any of this. But he's getting no help in front of him. Why are we leaving Frankie out to dry when he has to come in cold in game one, gets hung out, left, gets hung out to dry, and then he plays the entire game two and still gets hung out to dry? I mean, dude... Almost all of Dallas's freaking goals tonight came from in that danger area. How? How did? How in the hell does that happen? That shouldn't happen. Four goals in the danger area, right in front of the crease. You know what that tells me? A lack of discipline on defense, plain and simple. Oh yeah, and just just with. That second period, just with the way that, that things were happening, you could almost just 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 going back and seeing this. I mean, you can almost see you can almost see just the fight leave, and 
as far as just the the issue about depth that you were talking about, Jared, I, I mean, we had plenty of guys show out in the in the Arizona series. Uh, I mean, we were I, I was I was set to say, hey, you know, like we're one of the deepest teams in the league. But Dallas plays a different style of hockey, just just different than what the Arizona Coyotes bring you. And it felt like our depth guys got punched in the mouth tonight. And the only person that responded was Nathan McKinnon. Because he was working, I mean, I mean, he was working his tail off right up until the end. He was taking the puck, trying to get out of our zone. He was passing the puck to guys like Miko at the end of the game. And it was frustrating because every time the, touch, the puck touched someone other than McKinnon, it seems like it was going the other way. No fight. I mean, you, you get a couple weird, weird things that don't go your way. Primarily, just that that really weird fourth goal where uh, Frankie had his his pad out, and uh, there was no really clear clear way to see if the puck had gone in, and, and the ref hadn't signaled anything. And uh, you know, you don't blame a loss on that. but you could tell that it affected the Av psyche in such a negative way because after that, they were not the same. I, I, I struggle while I can, I, I agree with what you're saying in your analysis of it. What I struggle with is that it cannot affect these professional athletes like that. If this is a high yeah. school game, sure. Let it affect you. The puck should have been covered. Wah, 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 wah. It's like the freaking Charlie Brown thing, dude. Every time. That is all I hear. And I'm literally reading Twitter. And 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 I've been the biggest proponent of DNVR tonight. I'm so pissed at DNVR. I am. Like, you cannot tell me that the refs are the reason Colorado lost this game. And one of their articles is, is literally listed as three standouts. Ref Puck. Get out of here with that yes maybe the whistle could have gone on on that goal that who was it fox scored was that who it was in yeah. front of the net yeah uh, on, on fox's goal yes that's fine but frankie also put himself in a terrible spot by going to a two pad stack that has not been very utilized or very or actually good at all for the sport of hockey since the 1980s there is it, it, no reason for him to be doing that it honestly looked like his like his skate had gotten caught in the net or something previous because he was down in the goal, uh, far into the goal too. And just a really weird, really weird play. Um, and, and, and you're right. Nathan McKinnon is the only, it seems like, and you can, I, I, yeah. don't, I, I don't know. Nathan McKinnon seems like the only freaking guy that is giving a is giving a shit. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, there you go. He's he's the only he's the only one giving a shit. I mean, and and I love Landis Cog to death. I really do. And, and this is from Scott McDonald. Landis Cog yeah. said this about the four two goal. Dan O'Rourke is behind the net on the other side. I don't know how he sees the puck across the line. I think he realized pretty quickly he messed up. He went off of Essa Lindell's reaction. I can't wait to I can't wait to see what the explanation will be. Shut up. You're the captain. Lead this group. That's not a captain thing to say. What he said next is a much better thing to say. It's a seven game. It's a seven game series. There's no quit in this group. That's what you should have said. Don't talk a damn thing about that freaking goal because if we can go back to last year, how he was the fault, and how he was at fault for not getting off the freaking ice quick enough. Yeah, just and I actually saw a dig on that on Twitter. There's a guy. I was like, "Are you sure you weren't off sides?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, but." Yeah, it's just not very captainly to talk about that. I mean, I get that your emotions are running high uh, after this embarrassment. But as a captain, you should be worried about why you haven't converted eight power plays against a Dallas Stars team that, quite frankly, I mean, they're, they're better than the Coyotes. I'll give them that. But they haven't showed me anything, man. The Avs should should have beaten these guys in five games just with how i know that we can play but that's not the case we're down we're down 2-0 to them now uh lost home ice lost that shift advantage like you were talking about 
and it's frustrating when you have your your one guy and Nathan McKinnon who's continually just busting his ass to get something going. And it's like the other abs are just standing around and watching. I mean, I'm going to drop a stat right now, Jared, that usually you'd think, oh, wow, that's a pretty great, you know, that's a pretty great thing for the abs. You know, if, if this stat's usually happening, the abs are in good shape. But just considering the overall narrative of how this series is playing out, I don't think you're going to like this stat at all because it comes down to exactly what you're talking about. And basically, through every single point, every single goal that the Avs have scored this series, Nathan McKinnon has been a contributing factor. He has been responsible for every single avalanche goal in this series. I mean, tell me, you have to have someone else step up. I mean, I, I get that Rantanen scored, but that was an, uh, an assist. Uh, and it was, I was an apple from McKinnon, too. And he set him up perfectly. I mean, Miko just put it high, high to the left. And they missed a lot of shots today, too. Mac had one off the post that, you know, maybe could have bounced another way if we were lucky. But just the way that it was going, it was just not the Avs' night and the Stars. I mean, the stars showed that they're gritty. You know, they they showed that they're they're not afraid to cross check someone. They're not afraid to play physical hockey. And the Avs need to to get out of their own heads. Stop trying to go for pretty goals and shove the puck down their throats. And that's just me calling it plain and simple. Because we are the better team. It's time to start acting like it. Plain and simple, Colorado has to win game three. I'm that's just that's just how it is. And I don't I don't care if it takes overtime. I don't care if they can do it in sixty minutes, if they bury the stars in the first thirty. I don't care. But Dallas has showed that they can rattle off four straight goals like it's nothing. Cause they did it in game six against Calgary and they just did it again tonight. Oh yeah, they they had seven goals against Calgary that last game. Mm-hmm. Seven unanswered. They were down three, I think. So yeah, they're down three nothing after one and rattled off seven goals in, in forty minutes. It, you have to bury them early. You have to, and if you don't, you're you're screwed. And you got to lock it down defensively. I know that this team can be a hell of a lot better than what we've seen tonight, and honestly, Saturday night. But everything I've heard gives me little to no confidence that we're going to see any sort of fight from this team because all I'm seeing right now is that we want to complain about the officiating. That, that's that's not going to fly with any Avs fan. And even if even if you do agree that the officiating was garbage, which that's fine, I, I agree with you. It was. There, there, there were some really soft calls tonight. doesn't yeah. matter. No. You, you still have to play 60 minutes, and the Avs are looking like they want to play 20 and go home. That's, that's not acceptable. And the only thing that they're going to be getting out of this stay in Edmonton is a filling of poutine. That's all they're going to get. So I, they have to come out and, and they have to win game three. If they lose game three, they're done. I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. They're flat out done, and I bet they get swept if they lose game three. They have to want it more. In, in the first period, they wanted it more. And we were, we were up 1-0, and then we were up 2-0. Uh, I mean, we have to just get back to wanting it more, plain and simple. Because right now, the only guy that wanted it through three periods was Nathan McKinnon. And there was talk about these guys not being engaged. I mean, game one, they came out flat. Game two, they came out with, with some fire in their bellies, but then got into their heads and made him think like oh man the re- you know the refs are against us and, and by the way they weren't playing well so it's not like the refs were going to give them the benefit of a doubt i mean that's just not how sport you know that coming just from from me being an athlete myself that's not how you play the game it, you have to go 110 percent you don't care about what the refs say because at the end of the day you do your due diligence you leave it all out there and there's nothing that can be said and, and, and if you're out there and you, we're and having you, to talk about this again yeah this is ridiculous because if we go out if they just go out there and regardless of 110% and, and all that but if they go out there 
and do what they're supposed to do, they don't have to, they don't need to worry about the refs. I mean, yeah. there was something that happened in like the the 80s or 90s with the University of Miami, where they went into South Bend and they lost a game on a replay review, and their coach literally came in and said, "When you go to South Bend, you cannot put it on the officials to help you win that game." This is the exact same thing to a T. And they were trying to say, oh, well, you know, if, if this didn't happen, then this. Uh, yeah, it still happens because we couldn't stop a freaking a leak that had just burst with some freaking flex seal. There was nothing stopping it tonight. And I don't understand where the disconnect is from Avs fans to reality. Because if, if we want to use this term, you and I might be the two most woke Avs fans out there right now because we're not the ones complaining about officiating. I've seen nothing but complaining about the officiating. And oh, yeah. it's just, it's so frustrating, man. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and just take that. Uh, that title as just because it's ridiculous man <laughs> to put it into jared's words this is ridiculous the avalanche have to they literally have to just stop getting it it's so fresh i can't even talk right now yeah exa- exactly they, that's, that's just where we're at yeah. tonight we're uh, and we are just so frustrated that we have literally lost the any words for this like i mean and and i'm seeing the video of of the pavelski spear okay let's be very clear here pavelski's not going for for a spear on that because if he's going for a spear he's going for the midsection 100 percent of the time you're going for the midsection he is going to lift the stick of mckinnon yes does he catch mckinnon in a very sensitive area yeah does it hurt like hell yeah but guess what there's no intent there sorry there's not and i'm this is from abs fans like guys we're, I'm, I'm not blind i know exactly what i'm looking at this <laughs> like and and i see people this isn't the first spear this wasn't a spear like he's trying he's literally trying to grab McKinnon's stick because guess what the abs are on a power or the abs are driving toward the net they're up one nothing Pavelski's trying to separate McKinnon from getting to the front of the net to set a screen for the defenseman shooting Uh, plain and simple that's what this is did he catch him in a sensitive spot yes did he mean to do it I don't think he did I mean he's he's literally he has his back to him most of the way and he literally turns his shoulder to lift the stick that doesn't tell me he's trying to spear him intentionally like what Brad Marchand you would do. So this is a yeah. no and void point. I mean, Pavelski, uh, he slashes him. You know, they, they called it right. It's e- even at that. I don't know. I don't even know if it's a slash. Well, the, the initial, the initial contact, I think, but then towards the end, he kind of does get a little poke in there. So regardless, you can't just you can't focus on that you cannot you cannot focus on that <laughs> because that is how you lose this series faster than than you can say cheese like i'm being and I'm, if the ass continue to come out with that mentality of the you know the woe is us it will get bounced this series faster faster than mario jumping on a mushroom running an n64 i mean i love i love that reference so much thank you um but it's just it's insane we get back to playing our brand of hockey plain and simple we can beat these guys in six games if if we get back to playing that brand next game because we just we get the monkey off our back with these guys, and it's going to be just like the Arizona series, the way that they're built, kind of. They're they've had some fluke goals. I mean, they they did net five up on us, but the the five for tonight. I mean, they were they were some they they were goals, but it was like okay, you know, Dallas's offense usually is is not this potent, and maybe they're just clicking at the right time. But you got to think that a guy like Blake Como, 
who who used to be an Av, who's playing okay in this series. You know, he's doing he's playing well for them. His, his line's doing well, anyways, with Cogliano mainly. But I, I mean, you got to remember just with comparison to the two franchises, like a guy like Blake Como, his point total all season. McKinnon surpassed him in points tonight just in the playoffs with 10. I mean, 11. Como had 10 points all. I mean, get, get real. Like, we are better than these guys. Dude, I just saw this on Twitter, and I want to read this to you because I'm actually getting really pissed off now. Yeah, go for it. So Scott McDonald, two hours ago, and this was on Bednar uh, asking when he got asked about where his depth scoring has gone. He said, I don't have an answer for that. If I knew where depth scoring has gone, I would have had an answer for it for it tonight. If we had more of it, we probably wouldn't be in a two hole hole. Fair, completely accurate. I don't disagree with you. Here's my issue. There's a comment underneath it. Okay. Here's the comment. I'm not going to say the dude's Twitter handle or anything. LOL, time to move on from Bednar. Yes, as fans, let, let's just throw Bednar under the bus for this one when McKinnon's the only player who wants to freaking show up right now. Get out. Oh, my God. This is what blows my mind about as fans is that we can be the most loyal group and then the most dumb. Is loyal. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just the dumbest things I've ever seen. Every time you see a lot. It's just like Rocky stuff, too. You get the you, same thing with the Nuggets. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. How, how, many, how many people are calling for freaking Malone's job right now? Down a three zero hole. Everyone, I mean. Oh my god, man! It's just it's one of those things where I look at it and go, oh. And and unfortunately, this guy follows us, which that's not going to happen for much longer. But yeah, and I, you just can't. I mean, you can say stuff like that. It's a free country. You can say what you want, but that can't be your take of this game. I'm sorry. It can't. But it just can't. <laughs> and it's so true, though. I, I see it everywhere. I mean, you know, there, there are some Avs fans that are great. And and we do thank you, you know, you, you loyal guys for, you know, just actually keeping it real with us. And, you know, we, we see you guys, but then you also get people, unfortunately, like Jared just mentioned, and it doesn't help. It, it brings just a negative sort of cancel culture. Oh, I don't like how this is going. We should fire the guy. No. You know, Bednar has built this team and drafted and gotten pieces together. And guess what? It's playoff hockey. You're down 2-0 in a series. Congratulations. But it's playoff hockey. Anyone can win a series. Especially the team that's favored. I mean, geez, give me a break with the waterworks. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for Nathan McKinnon, this the Avs wouldn't even be in this spot right now. I mean, and to uh, to to Betsy's point, we're gonna wrap this up here pretty quickly. But to to Betsy's point, I mean, where has the depth scoring gone? Where the where in the blue hell is Kadri right now? Where is he, dude? Like. Uh, he was the best player. He, we were talking con smite with Kadri if the Avs make it to the final. And yeah. where the where 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 the hell is he gone? I'm I am getting really close to cursing. So, <laughs> dude, like that's just how frustrated I am right now, man. Like, this is just this is literally so bad. It it is it is. Uh, just just one more sort of take before we leave, and and this is from. Uh, Scott McDonald as well. Um, but basically, uh, so so he was saying that, that teams that fall behind 2-0 in the Stanley Cup playoff series have a record of 51 and 324. Yikes, dude. The playoff series. But one of those 51 teams... Who did happen to be the 1999 Avalanche? They they did come back from a a 2-0 deficit to the Detroit Red Wings, and went on to win that series in in the Western Conference semifinals. So history's kind of on your side, kind of isn't. Regardless, we got to get our act together. 
Uh, I'm sick of us watching. Uh, I'm sick of watching this play down to Dallas's level. Dow- uh, the, mean, the frustrating part for me is that Dallas, like, yes, they're a good team. They're not this good, though. They're not this good. Like, no. like don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not trying to to shit talk Dallas or anything because Dallas is a very good team. They're very. They're a very skilled team. They hit and what do you do when a team hits you you move the puck quickly if they're only trying to take the body does dallas stars the dallas stars start jesus criminy the stars averaged a hit every minute in this game tonight what do you do when you have an opponent like that you just move the freaking puck north and south instead of running east west into the walls i'm i'm i feel like i'm taking crazy pills over here dude right right it's it's basic it's 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 first grade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, oh man, just our game plan, man. They they check, they check hard, and they check high. And if you don't know that, you haven't played the Dallas Stars because they do that with everyone. Or you've got your head so far up your ass you can't figure it out. Yeah, so figure it out. Stop playing east to west. You know, you know, stop that. Just absolute. Just play north and south hockey. You know they have guys in the middle. You know they have guys in the middle. So play north-south hockey. Get it to your speedy wingers. Get Calvert back to get some sort of just mental toughness to this group besides Mac. And hopefully you come into game three with one of those bottom six guys feeling a little bit inspired because... (laughs) are a lot inspired mind you because that's what it's going to take you're going to have to want it more i'm telling you man we got a lot of motivation we are down 2-0 and the dallas stars you know it's a big market you know they have that nbc market so you have national announcers clowning the avalanche sans mckinnon and it's embarrassing i am like we are better than this I mean, they even said it tonight. Without Nathan, without Nathan McKinnon, the Avs wouldn't be in this series. And I wholeheartedly agreed with them. I was like, that's a bad take because they don't really know our depth. But at the same time, our depth hasn't shown this series. Our, our depth has been just about as non-existent as my social life. So, <laughs> I mean, in really quickly, uh, in, in closing, who's your one guy who's got to step up in game three? For me, for me, I'm looking at Landis Gog. I'm going to call out the captain, especially with with just how he responded with everything tonight. You got to be better than that. You have to put your team in a better position to win, plain and simple. You are the captain of the squad. Nathan McKinnon may be the heart and soul of this team right now. But Mr. Landeskog, you are the captain. Uh, I mean, he's registered only, he, he did have the one goal against Arizona, but it's like, on to the next series, man. Step up. You got Matt getting dogged out there. And no one's backing him up. So, so that's mine. 110%. It's got to be Gabe. Because if you want your top line to go, it can't just be, it can't be Mac. It's got to be all three of them. That's just where I'll leave it at that. He, he's got to step up. And, it's the, and hopefully if he does, the rest of the team will too. It's called the top line for a freaking reason. It's not one guy. And that's where this is getting lost in translation. I, I mean, the Avs have been absolutely freaking clowned on NBC, a local NBC, not NBCSN. Local NBC, they got clowned 5-3. Five, five, they got clowned tonight on NBCSN 5-2. This, this series could very well be over if they don't figure it out and figure it out quickly. And the guy who I want to see step up, Valery Nachushkin. I like that. Talk about a dude who's been a freaking ghost all playoffs. Look at Nachushkin. I think he's maybe averaging 10 and a half minutes of ice time a night. I don't care. You have been a ghost on the ice. You don't register diddly shit on the score sheet. 
and it's it's like for a guy who probably should have the biggest fire in his gut right now playing his former squad who got rid of him mind you after sending him back to russia and then they Ouch. still dropped you and now you're proving them right with everything you're doing in the series your ass should be the one probably starting you know what here let me just say this I would give Nichushkin start with Comfer and Kadri on on uh, on Wednesday. And here's yeah. why. You send him out there with one purpose and one purpose only. I don't care if it's Corey Perry who's out there. I don't care if it's Cogliano. I don't care if it's Como. I don't care if it's freaking Roddick Foxa. I don't care. You're going to fight somebody off the drop because you need to change the series and i know it's a very old school mentality and that's such a I like that it's, it's an asinine thing to think anymore but what else is colorado gonna do they've scored the first goal in both you know not game one but they they've they've been in it and colorado scored the first two goals tonight didn't mean a damn thing you gotta come out and set the tempo immediately i mean it, Quickly, 2017, the Eagles were playing, God, it was freaking the Florida Everblades, and one of the Eagles players gets jumped in the pregame skate. Literally, from the bench, gets jumped by one of the Florida players. Yeah. There was six fights that night. I understand it's ECHL, it's a little bit different, but there was a fight off the opening faceoff. There was five more fights during the game. You need to do something to change the momentum of the series. And guess yeah. what? Florida came out and won that game, and it was a 1-1 series going back to Florida. So uh, something's got to give, and I think the pride or whatever is going on with Colorado right now, they've got to swallow it, and someone's got to start throwing some hands. Yeah. I mean, just coming from, from, the, from those Eagles games to... <laughs> Even when they were in the in the AHL, their first year in the AHL, I mean, fights would break out. I remember over, I believe it was the St. Patrick's Day game, but there was another one of those pre pregame fights, uh, just off the bench, like you were saying, and that was a great game. You know, lots of fights. Uh, they were playing. I forget who they were playing. Um, the Eagles ended up losing by one, but it was it was a good game of hockey. But yeah, just I mean tonight that you did have while, while Cole had a bad night on the penalties and the cross check, he what I loved about Cole's game tonight, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just you know throw this out there, but he was kind of the guy that was trying to be a little bit more chippy. You know, you had people trying to slash Frankie, and every time Sador, and every time you had, you know, Ian Cole there, you know, between between Dallas and Frankie, you know, either shoving guys off him or you know cross checking people in front of him. But he he's a guy that you love to have and you hate to have at the same time. And he was also the guy that also, he he was in that scrum, just that actual fight that happened later on in the second. So, I mean, the abs are frustrated because you know that did boil over. But yeah, I, I love that take. Got to get guys that are that basically haven't been just active, really. I mean, he's been on the ice, but like you said, he has been a ghost. I mean, they, I really they've been non-factors. They've been non-factors yeah. in the series, in both series for that matter. So, so get him involved, get him right there, you know, off, off that first first shift where he does end up fighting someone. That'd be that'd be great, and it showed the abs that hey, everyone in here is with me. And like I said, you win that first game, you get the monkey off your back, bro. They just if they have to you win stop game having, three. You stop having the you stop having the yips and you just go you, you you play your style of hockey. Colorado wins game three. They win at least two more in in this round. hundred percent. They have if they win game three. If they lose game three, they get swept. End of story. I I, I know I've already said that take, but I'm just gonna re-echo it because if if they don't win, I mean, dude, we're just, we're gonna be sitting here in a week's time talking 
Nuggets collapse, Avs collapse, and you gotta hope the, the Rockies just not playing well either. Yeah, I mean, you gotta hope that that Nuggets energy didn't rub off on the Avalanche, but the way that they're playing, it's like, okay, you guys want to go home. Um, the, the Nuggets played an okay game last game. I, I mean, they lost one twenty seven, one twenty nine. They showed some fight. They played better than games two and three, where they just laid down and took it. But also, little bright spot. Uh, the the Rockies ended up beating the the Diamondbacks today, and hopefully that just gets something going as far as mojo for this city. Because the losing skit like is over. A, I feel, like I, I feel like we've been cursed. Uh, just right now, you know. I mean, it, it should have been a really bad omen when the Rockies lost the Astros in four games. Looking back at it, that that's not exactly a good omen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good to see that they that Castiani gets his first MLB win and yeah, that, that, comes in with the save. Yeah, that hopefully they, that the Rockies turn this around. But yeah, man, I just I'm I'm so just I I want to be so happy with this Avs team. But my concern is that they're playing a back-to-back if it goes to a game five, and I'm not sure Colorado has the legs for that right now. Let alone the will. Well, we will see. We will see what happens, and and just yeah, they they got to weather the storm. You knew that this was going to happen with this Dallas team. It was something that we talked about, and it was something that we both agreed on why we really wanted the Blues. <laughs> or, or even the Canucks for that matter, um, but it—it's just like Dallas is probably the worst matchup for the Avalanche in the West as of right now. And guess what? They're the team that's standing in your way. And what do great teams do? We've been talking about how this team's a great team, but what do great teams do? They find a way to overcome adversity. And I know that Eric Johnson's hurt, and I know that Calvert's out, and I know that Groob's gone, but guess what? That's been the narrative all season. And the Avs still, I mean, they weathered it. They locked down a playoff spot despite that that grind of a season. So you gotta hope that they just get back to that. Because as as you said, I mean, it is it is truly just ridiculous what they're showing us right now. We know that they can be better. We're getting clowned by NBC because of it. And for a good reason right now. We have to step up. And you know, I, I we we shouted out Scott McDonald a, a couple times here. Um, just kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit a little bit of info. Uh, we're going to be doing hopefully just a crossover with him at some point. Uh, he, he's a guy again, like we said that uh, Jared and I both know him from our Eagles days, and just a great guy. He gives some really great takes, and uh, we're excited to do just hopefully a little bit of a cross with him. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, if I know he just launched his uh, his podcast, too. I got to go find the name of it now because I was totally unprepared. My mind is freaking mush right now. Um, but he yeah, just launched sure. one with with Sinbin Eagles. So, I mean, this is they are. I mean, Scott always has some great takes. He works with with Dater at Colorado Hockey now and. Yeah, I mean, if if he if if he gets to like a huge network, oh my god, look out! He'll kill it. He will. He'll kill it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, like if we can just what's it called? Oh, it's called Tape to Tape. There it is. It's called Tape to Tape Podcast with Scott McDonald and CC Hockley, and um, it's out on YouTube and on. And on Apple Podcasts, so go give them a, a, a subscribe as well because it's a lot of Avs, Eagles talk. So, and I think some Utah Grizzlies talk in there too. I'm not sure. I haven't listened to yeah, it. Yeah, probably. To be honest with you, I haven't listened to it yet. So, 
Yeah, he'll throw some DU stuff in there too. I know, I know he will. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just hopefully the Avs can get it together and just get back to our form that we saw the last two games against Arizona. And and like we said, man, if if they don't, they're done. It's plain and simple. Yep. Cut and dry. Let me have things laid out in the boneyard for you right there. Some some pretty bare bones takes, but it's like the problem's real easy to to figure out if you just watch this team. And it's 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 a mental toughness issue besides Mac. And it's getting someone else to step up. On this this deep abs team, where's the depth? But uh, yeah, that's. I mean, for me, that's that's about all I've got to say um, as far as that goes. Uh, Jared, Jared, anything else that you want to uh, to add on here before we, we sign out for the night? I, I would love to, except I know that is going to be nothing but a profanity riddled tirade. So I'm going to pass. All right. Well, I just wanted to uh, to thank all of our listeners once again for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Um, again, we'll be back here uh, just at some point this week with some more takes on the avalanche as far as uh, and what else is going on just in the uh, Denver sports world. So thank you to everyone. Uh, thank you for everyone for the listens and the subscribes and uh, take it easy. Peace. I'm trying to get more and I've been in the moment I've been in the zone and I'm moving alone I don't pick up the phone with my family call I've been doing it wrong and I don't know what's happening Trying to get what I've just been imagining Getting close and I've just been examining All of the fake shit the game has been packaging I've been keeping real I've been doing what I feel I've been out here trying to kill every Well, most of the people are so close-minded They go into school and they work in a job But they don't even like it I won't be put in a box Nobody telling me what I should rock Nobody telling me what I should drop Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop Recording till four in the morning They snoring, I'm pouring my soul into every story I'm writing, producing, I mix it, I master I'm building my craft and I'm not looking back I've been going, doing things I want to do when I want to Everybody want to get away, but they not do Everybody want to copy you, but they not do Everybody want to copy you, but they not do Deep underground, the Jelly Belly Factory, BB is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of bean boozle. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean boozle, sixth edition. Are you brave enough?